And here we go. Here we go on this Monday evening. It is straight up six o'clock. You are listening to WYXR 91.7 on your FM dial. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to have you with us uh, on this uh, beautiful day. Yes, hot and still hot and still hot. Uh, the old temperature gauge on the car said 100 degrees, and I think the heat index right about now is about 18109. So, yeah, another, you know, uncomfortable evening. But we are still here. We are ready to go, fired up, and, and ready to rock and roll on this evening. Hope you had a good week since uh, we last uh, chatted with each other about seven days ago. Uh, we are uh, going to have a good show tonight and this show is going to be uh, pretty targeted and it really is for me a call to action uh, in light of uh, some of the uh, activities violent activities that happened in the city last week we're going to talk about that tonight and uh, what our responsibility is and what needs to happen where we go from here of course i am speaking you know of the uh, tragic shooting that happened seven days ago on this very night a week ago uh, where uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Artura Easton Williams uh, was shot uh, in the commission of a carjacking. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight, and uh, we're going to just speak to a couple of uh, individuals who uh, are community activists. They're also big in the religious community here in town, as well as uh, uh, two gentlemen who uh, were very close friends uh, with her. So again, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on as we move through. And in the second half hour, of course, the story we all see and hear on a nightly basis is about the weather and about the heat today. I don't know, affects somewhere close to 90 to 100 million people from West Coast to East Coast. So, yeah, a lot going on in terms of that. Uh, and we'll get to all of that uh, in uh, just a few minutes. But as always... Uh, how do you get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Well, several ways, actually. You can uh, catch us live on the FM side. And we are 91.7 WYXR. You can also catch us on the WYXR.org app uh, or, or the website, actually, WYXR.org. You can also catch us on uh, the TuneIn app. Uh, we are going to be on YouTube uh, sometime either later on tonight and or tomorrow. And we are on Facebook Live uh, this evening as well. Um, we, uh, I was going to say something about that. Oh, yeah. And, 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 of course, you should know by now that we are a podcast. And as a podcast, uh, when they do post the show tomorrow afternoon, you can catch us wherever it is you get your podcast. So we're all clear on that. Very, very, very good. So uh, there are uh, a lot to get to tonight. There's a lot to get to tonight. A lot, blah, 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 a lot to get to tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll get into the news and notes in just a minute. But before we do, uh, this is the uh, part of the show where we like to celebrate you. Uh, your trip around the sun, another trip around the sun. You made it today. You're bright and shiny and you feel good because you're celebrating a birthday. So we like to celebrate you, but we can't do it until I say, hit it, Marvin. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday goes out to the following. Family friend, Tony Wallace Franklin. Tony is celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday, Tony. Also, Mark Russell celebrating. 
Another family friend of uh, ours, mine, David Roan, is celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, David. Uh, Sheena Lopez celebrating her birthday today, as is Bev Kate Watkins Bradshaw celebrating today. Sandra Agnew is also celebrating, uh, as is Rosalind Crossland, Coleman Thompson, and Sandra Sykes. And uh, before uh, we get out of this particular segment, a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours here at WYXR, uh, and a former uh, member of my crew, Jack Schleppman, celebrated his birthday yesterday. So happy birthday, Jack. Drop by here every now and again. We, we miss your face. But to each and every one of you, happy birthday, whether it was today, whether it's this week, or whether it's belated uh, we wish you a very happy birthday, uh, and uh, we hope to be here next year. Lord keeps us in, uh, in, in good stead as we celebrate another trip around the sun for you. Thank you, Marvin. All right, uh, as we uh, talked about uh, initially, there are um, uh, a lot of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of news out here in particular. And of course, one week ago uh, today, uh, we heard the uh, terrible news that uh, uh, Memphis church leader, Reverend Dr. Uh, Artura Eason Williams was killed uh, at her home uh, in Whitehaven uh, during a carjacking. Uh, initially, uh, 15-year-old Miguel Andrade was charged with first-degree murder along with a host of other charges, very serious charges. Well, uh, today uh, we also found out that there is another 15-year-old uh, that was involved in that, uh, in that uh, terrible act. Uh, his name is uh, Brian Carrillo. He is also 15 years old, and he has also been charged with first-degree murder and a host of other charges. Now, uh, there is also a 16-year-old that is involved in this. Uh, he was uh, charged with theft of property. And, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, the, this particular case uh, shook up a lot of people. Uh, I mean, a lot of people in the community, so much so that uh, there was a press conference held last Tuesday by the uh, chief of police, uh, C.J. Davis, uh, a lot of other law enforcement officials, a lot of other people in the religious community as well. Uh, so... You know, a lot of people have been have been shaken by this because of the fact that she was so well known, um, uh, she was so well liked, so well respected, uh, Dr. Eason Williams. Um, uh, okay, um, I'm sorry, I got a note there. Um, and 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 everybody is still really shaken. Uh, she was married, a mother of four, of course. And, and again, uh, they did this at her house um, when she was getting out of her car. Um, they were there, and, and they took the car, and they shot her. Uh, a little later on that evening, by the way, about four hours later, they were caught uh, in another part of town in Cordova. Uh, they had carjacked another woman um, in Cordova. Uh, luckily, she was not hurt, uh, but uh, police pursued at that point. They crashed out, and that's how they caught her. Uh, so again, we're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna have a, a lot of conversation about all of this, and I want you, uh, once we get this Facebook Live thing going, to really chime into this conversation. I, we all need to 
be responsible. And we all need to understand that uh, situations like this are becoming very commonplace and too commonplace. And also uh, by the fact that they're being committed by juveniles. Juveniles are committing major crimes, you know, serious crimes, murder, and things like that in this city. And it is, uh, you know, all our responsibility. We, we can't sit back and not act like this doesn't happen. Or say, well, you know, it happens everywhere. I don't live everywhere, and neither do you. You live here. So we're going to do a lot of conversations about that uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, moving on to other news, we already talked about the heat. It's still dangerous. Uh, but there could be some relief in sight. Uh, I believe um, I heard that there's going to be some rain on Thursday and Friday and maybe even into the weekend, which will bring the temperatures down uh, just a few degrees, and we can all use uh, the break. Uh, an arrest has been made in connection uh, to the disappearance of Ole Miss student Jimmy J. Lee. A uh, 22-year-old man from uh, Grenada has been charged with murder. He's being held in jail at present with no bond, but the body has not been found as of yet. Now, he makes his first appearance on Wednesday. And, uh, of course, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, his attorney, uh, the suspect's attorney said, well, we don't really understand all this. There's no body found. I mean, we don't know, you know, if he's dead or not or where he is. Well, if the police... Law enforcement charged somebody with murder. There's a pretty good sign that there is some evidence there that we don't know about, but that will be revealed uh, shortly. The election process is still going on. Have you voted yet? Early voting ends on the 30th, uh, which is uh, this week. Uh, and, of course, the general election is on August 4th. So if you haven't gone out and done it as of yet, you really need to get out and exercise your right to vote. And uh, on the car tag front, I know many of you, many of us, are still waiting for our car tags. And uh, but the clerk's office uh, has actually started to retrofit this thing just a little bit. Wanda Halbert announced uh, something called No Line, No Wait, which actually goes into effect tomorrow morning. Basically, the lines will be slashed to accommodate 15 to 20 people at a time. That's it. And uh, the other uh, customers uh, will be checking in, and they will be getting a call when they are ready you know, to get in line and get their tags. So it's a process. It's a process. Finally, it's a process. We'll see how it works. It all starts tomorrow uh, because uh, no one wants to stand out in all of this heat and misery. All right, that's a, a quick look at news and notes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, do a couple of adjustments here. And when we come back, we are going to start the show. And we're going to talk, uh, we're going to dedicate most of this broadcast tonight to the crime in our city. It's a call to action on Real Talk Memphis. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. It's Real Talk. 
Minglewood Hall presents Lucy Dacus on Friday, October 14th. Lucy Dacus is a musician, performer, and storyteller. Her most recent album, Home Video, was named a top 10 album of 2021 by NPR Music, USA Today, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times. For more information, visit MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. The FedEx St. Jude Championship celebrates 65 years of professional golf in Memphis with a new event that brings the heart of our hometown to TPC Southwind. This year's tournament features the launch of the Soul in One Celebration, a festival showcasing Memphis culture, music, food, makers, and more. The event kicks off Wednesday, August 10th at 11 a.m. on Tournament Drive and includes live music from Marcella and her lovers, The Privilege, Stax Music Academy, and Brandon Lewis, along with WYXR DJs, as well as a local craft foods market and a family sports activity zone provided by Nike. The next round of our collaboration bids with Crosstown Brewing Company is ready. Take a walk down the tart end of the street, where soul music meets a fruity and flavorful sour beer with notes of pineapple, peach, and apricot. You can find the beer at grocery stores and other local Crosstown Brewing Company retailers. A portion of the proceeds goes towards helping WYXR and supporting community radio in Memphis. Visit CrosstownBeer.com for more information. Two days of music featuring brews, blues, and bluegrass. Grind City Fest comes to Memphis Friday, August 26th, and Saturday, August 27th. Performers include the infamous String Dusters, Here Come the Mummies, Sasquatch, the Wild Feathers, and more. It's all going down right along the Wolf River at Grind City Brewing. For tickets and other information, visit grindcitybrew.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening Chip Washington, your humble host, is with you. Uh, very happy to have you with us uh, tonight. And uh, you know, as I said earlier, uh, we really are um, we really uh, want to focus on on crime. Uh, it, it is becoming uh, too common a daily occurrence, and we are really you know all of us are struggling. In particular, you know, at the at the very uh, sad and uh, shocking death of uh, Reverend Dr. Arturo Eason Williams, uh, who was killed uh, last Monday uh, during a carjacking at her at her home. And I wanted to reach out to a couple of folks. As I said earlier, there was a press conference last Tuesday, uh, you know, with uh, the, the uh, police director, C.J. Davis, many other law enforcement officials and many uh, pillars of the community, uh, including my first guest, uh, who has uh, um, been on my show before. He is no stranger to any of us. Uh, he is uh, the executive director at the Memphis Christian Pastors Association Network. He's also a longtime uh, Memphis police officer, retired now, and also a head of CLERP. But more importantly, uh, for purposes of this conversation, he was a, he was a good friend of uh, Reverend Dr. Eason Williams. And please welcome to Real Talk, Reverend James Kirkwood. And uh, Reverend Kirkwood, thanks for coming on again. Pre- really appreciate you. 
Hey, thank you, Chip, uh, for all you're doing, and thank you for uh, the invite. So, you know, as as, as um, you know, we talked uh, before offline. A lot of folks did. You spoke at the press conference as well. Uh, a lot of people are very, very uh, shocked uh, and and upset. Uh, you know, in this particular instance, because she was very well known, uh, she was very well liked, very well respected in the community, and and had done so much uh, for all of us. When you heard the news that it was a 15-year-old, and today we heard that there was actually another 15-year-old in addition to a 16-year-old uh, that were um, that were sentenced uh, for this crime, what went through your your head? Oh, I was just, uh, you know, at all. I was just at all. I just uh, the whole, uh, you know, I was in shock. Uh, as we know, uh, Pastor uh, Easton Williams was a strong advocate for teenagers, uh, young people. And I mean, she was always Monday evening. Uh, fighting. Chip Washington, your humble Hold on, just say, with you. Hold on, we're uh, very happy some, to have you with us uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, as I said uh, earlier, uh, Easton Williams was a strong advocate no, it's, it's, for it's, teenagers, it's, uh, young people. Okay. I and I mean, she was always uh, fighting. Chip Washington, your humble Hold on, just is with you. Hold on. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Reverend Kirkwood, you there? I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry. Please, please continue your thought. I'm, 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 I'm sorry we're having a little bit of a, a technical issue, but we're good now. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, I was at awe. I was kind of uh, shocked uh, because, uh, as I said. Uh, Pastor Easton was such a strong advocate for young people, teenagers, uh, young adults, that opportunity youth. She was always one uh, person lifting her voice for trying to find ways to pull them away from crime or pull them away from the streets. Uh, how do we put them on a path where they become assets to our community? That was her fight. And, you know, to hear that, you know, was uh, uh, kind of, a letdown you know it's kind of a letdown but here's the thing uh we can't just be shocked i can't say i was just shocked because so often now we've been hearing about our young people uh committing uh violent acts of this nature or uh, aggravated assaults or uh, robbing of uh, people of vehicles uh so you know part of me wasn't shocked and part of me was shocked because i just didn't want to believe it was happening at all or it had happened at all. Exactly that. So now um, we are faced with uh, uh, the question in some of these crimes that we're always faced with, and that is, um, you know, how to, should he be charged as an adult, uh, you know, for a crime like this? And, you know, there, there are many arguments uh, for that and against that, and I know that the district attorney is is pushing for uh, for them to be charged as adults um, and, and uh not only for the first one, but for the second one as well. So my, so my question to you is, how do we, I mean, I guess my question is, uh, first of all, what do you think about that? And secondly, uh, what will that do? Say if you charge this, this, this young man as an adult, now first of all, you leave him in the juvenile court, he'll get out by the time he's 18. If he's charged as, a, as an adult, he'll go to prison. Uh, so I guess my question to you is, which would you prefer? And if he goes to prison, what, what what's that going to do uh, for him or for us? Uh, man, Chip, 
I think, you know, we really need to uh, pay close attention of uh, of turning our young men, our 14 and 15 year olds into adults. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm this guy who don't tend to advocate for trying teenagers, 14, 15 year olds as adults. Uh, I think, you know, the state legislators should uh, look at maybe uh, putting some extended time. Uh, if we, if, if, if what science is saying is true, that children tend not to, the brain does not tend to mature into 25, mm -hmm. then maybe uh, legislation could put something in place whereas this young man or these young men could be held to 25. Uh, instead of being tried as adults and put into the adult system for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I know it's a, uh, it's one of those sensitive things, but I think so oftentimes what we do is try to figure out how to just, you know, uh, bring justice and the remedy is uh, punish them for their crime. But I would hope that we would get angry enough to try to figure out how did this young man get on this path? You know, how how are we losing so many uh, young people? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think we should get angry enough to try to figure that out and stop them and head it off before the young man does such a heinous act as these young men did. I was talking uh, with a friend of mine earlier this afternoon about all this, and uh, you know, and I had asked the question. You know, she's she's a mother of of two teenage boys, and I, and I, and I, and I said, you know, we're always asking that question: What is it that we need to do? You know, how do we get them on the right path from being, or keep them from being on the wrong path? And she said something that I I agree with wholeheartedly. She said, you know what, parents need to be parents to their children. I mean, you know, if you if you have a child, you need to be a parent to that child. Now, you, you have all different kind of factors that come into that. You know, well, you know, what about single, uh, you know, parents? Well, I know lots of single parents, and maybe you have two, uh, you know, in your time uh, that have raised children, and they've come out just fine. Or, you know, we have babies raising babies now, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's more of an excuse for where it is, but do you agree with the concept that, Parents need to spend time being a parent to their children? Uh, yeah, I agree that parents should, uh, you know, yeah. But I also agree that uh, we have to be honest that parents need help, right, in uh, raising kids. If we, we always say this thing, it takes a village to raise a child. Right. All right. And if we know, Chip, uh, wow, I come from a single mother, all right, but my mom was very, very was a very, very strong single mother, okay. right? Mm -hmm. But also, my mom had a whole lot of help in raising us, all right? She didn't do it by herself, all right? So my mom would never tell you I raised all my five kids by myself. Right. No, my mom had some support, some support uh, people, some support uh, organizations in place to assist us, all right, in uh, becoming the young men and women that we are. She didn't do it by herself. Mm -hmm. And young mothers today can't do it by themselves. And if we even would look in scripture, one of my favorite scriptures is from the book of James. And it says, true religion is this, that you visit the widow and the fatherless in their affliction, mm -hmm. that you pay attention to these people and that you keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's true religion. And so while yes, parents should parent their children, 
but parents should also have some help in the process. And that's what we need to try to come forward and figure out how do we help parents? How do we help our city? How do we help our schools? Uh, how do we help our communities in the raising and the rearing of our children so that they can stay on the right path? If you're just joining us, we're speaking with uh, Reverend James Kirkwood. He is the executive director at Memphis Christian Pastors Network. He's also a former uh, Memphis uh, police uh, officer, a uh, long-serving uh, uh, high-ranking officer before he retired. And we're having a conversation about uh, crime, and it really is a call to action. Now, you, 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 you said a few minutes ago that we need to be angry enough to, to, to really want to take you know, action, but... What you said a minute ago, I want to zero in on a little bit, a little bit tighter because you said that you know you were raised by a single parent, single mother, but she had help. So that old passage that we hear, it takes a village to raise a child. Now, when I came up, uh, and I I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and 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 it was a little tough in my neighborhood, but you know what, my parents had help too. The next door neighbor, the neighbor across the street, you know, grandparents, you know, folks. I think I think everybody in the neighborhood, whether you had a child or not, you know, was a parent to the children in the neighborhood. Is that something of what you're referring to? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, here, listen, to, let let us be let us be honest. All right. Okay. I cannot. Kids are not dealing with what I dealt with growing up. All right. Sure. We did not have gangs in my neighborhood. All right. We did not have uh, all these different uh, vices coming. Uh, at uh, young men, all right, to today. Uh, our schools were much stronger, all right? I mean, you know, kids were going to school and they were learning to, brick, to be brick masons. They were learning HVAC. They were learning uh, how to be uh, 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 auto technicians. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, plumbers, carpenters. They were learning all these things, all right? And they were going to work. These young men in my high school, they were going to work in the evening, sometime on weekends, and then during the summer, mm -hmm. they were working, mm -hmm. all right, mm -hmm. because they were being skilled up. So, you know, when we go and when we go back and flip back and say how it was when we were kids, we have to be honest that it's not like that today, sure. all right? Sure. So how do we give kids what we had, opportunities? How do we give our parents, our single mothers, our single fathers, uh, 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 the help they need to be able to help raise to raise their kids in a manner that will be productive? That's something we have to focus on, and we have to be honest. Uh, instead of playing this blame game, sure. you know, it's the parents' fault. No, it's a whole lot of good parents whose children got in trouble. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's 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 you know, so so let us. Let us stop all the blame game. All of us are to blame. All of us got blame in this game, all right? Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is sit down and figure out how we're going to save our sons and our daughters and how we're going to uh, uh, bring those who now look at us as the enemy. Uh, how do we turn them to let them know, now, wait a minute, dude. We love you. We care for you. And we are here for you, you know? And that has to become real for us as well as for them. That's a good point. And uh, one final thing before you, before you, uh, before I let you go, uh, a lot of folks will tell you, and I'm sure you've heard it, and you probably may may co-sign on it, that in the summertime, in particular, around here, there's just not enough things for these kids to do. 
There are not enough activities and not enough work programs. There's not enough, you know, things to keep them busy and keep them out of trouble. Would you agree with that? And if you do, what do we need to do about it? Uh, we need to create things to do. Uh, we need to get involved. We need to figure out how to come up with some real good summer camps. If we know our kids are, are, are failing in math, are not doing well in math, then uh, we should open up our churches. We should open up our community centers. And we, the community, should come together and create a summer math program, a summer math camp, a summer English camp. Uh, if we know that uh, our kids are not uh, doing well when it comes to ACT, uh, then we need to make sure that they are being prepped. It's a, it's, we have a lot of intelligent people, smart people in our community. And it's time to come to the table and say, okay, how do we ante up, all right? How do we ante up to make sure that our kids are making the grades? We have to go in to those young people who want to be entrepreneurs or want to be uh, on their own business. Mm -hmm. And we have to create summer camps where they would do that. And then we have to be wise enough to create some camps where we can take our kids away so they can see beautiful things, not for them to leave our city, all right? But for them to begin to dream of what our city can become, right? You know, how do we turn uh, 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 North Memphis, South Memphis, how do we turn them into oasis? Whereas uh, our children, our grandchildren, and our great grandchildren will be able to live, thrive, uh, uh, invest, and make it grow. Put in restaurants, put in the things that you want that we leave our communities to go after in other communities. How do we come back? and build those things within our own community, giving us the pride that we need and our young people need so that they can know you are worth investing in, all right? Our communities are worth investing in. And so it's time to ante up for all of us, not just, you know, we can't just put it on one person, no, no. everybody. So what you're saying you know, in, in essence is, before I let you go, is that we, we all have a lot of work to do. We got work uh, to do, man. We, we got work to do and we have a lot of investment to, uh, to making these young people because too many of them are going down the wrong road. Too many of them are finding acceptance in the streets uh, rather than in the homes and, and, and the support systems that uh, we should be putting in place. Reverend James Kirkwood, I uh, really thank you for coming on tonight i want to give you express my condolences to you because i know uh, that uh, reverend dr um, <clears throat> uh easton williams was a, was a friend of yours and yeah. uh, and i know it, it, it has touched you deeply uh, any closing uh, comments you'd like to make hey let's just keep her family uh in prayer her children her husband her church uh family uh listen this is a hard pill for them to swallow uh they will not get over it today or tomorrow but you know we should Keep them up in prayer. Uh, at the end, keep them up in prayer, you know. Well, listen, uh, very, very true uh, sentiment that you just expressed there. We'll keep the, that family lifted in prayer, and uh, we'll also keep you in prayer as well. Reverend James Kirkwood, uh, thank you so much for coming back on Real Talk. And uh, anytime, uh, you know, we, we need to have a hard, serious conversation about what's going on in our city, you know I'm going to pick up the phone and call you. All right, Tim. Appreciate you. you, man. All right, you too. Thank you. Have a good night. Good Thank to you, see sir. You. All right. Thank you. Reverend James Kirkwood, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and that is, uh, so what do you think? You know, I'm looking at Facebook Live here, and I don't see anybody participating in the conversation. This is a problem. 
this is one of the biggest problems that I see is that we like to talk about things, but we don't like to get involved in conversations that need to be had. If you have an opinion or a thought of your, you know, yourself about, you know, where things are, where things need to be. Should a 15-year-old be charged as an adult uh, when he commits an adult crime? Should there be another way? Uh, there are a lot of questions out here and not enough answers. So that's what we're trying to do. It's a call to action tonight on Real Talk Memphis. We're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we are going to speak with another community leader and pastor in our city uh, about this uh, very same subject. And here what he has to say and hear his thoughts on where our children are, but where they need to be headed. This is Real Talk Memphis. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The University of Memphis is proud to be a founding partner of WYXR. They are hiring technicians, electricians, plumbers, custodians, and HVAC mechanics. The job fair is in the ballroom on the U of M campus on July 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Free parking is available in the Zach Curlin garage. For more information, call the HR department at 901-678-3573. That's 901-678-3573. Memphis Music Festival returns to Radiance Amphitheater at Memphis Botanic Garden on September 30th through October 2nd. This year's fest features the excitement of the Black Keys, Widespread Panic, Wilco, Jason Isbell, Portugal the Man, Tank and the Bangas, Bobby Rush, and many more. Visit MemphoFest.com for ticket packages, lineup information, FAQs, and more. That's MemphoFest.com. How you feeling? You feeling? Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday evening. Chip with you. We are uh, spending a lot of time tonight talking about uh, crime and crime in our cities uh, in particular. Of course, uh, this on the back of uh, the uh, tragic uh, death of uh, Memphis church leader, Dr. Reverend Dr. Artura Eason-Williams last week uh, at her home. Uh, during a carjacking by two 15-year-olds uh, and a 16-year-old. And, you know, I, I think it, it sort of galvanized uh, the community uh, and uh, into really taking action. And I really want to dig into this and find out, you know, what we need to do. Uh, this is a conversation not just for the guest on the show, but also for the folks who may be listening and watching, uh, particularly on Facebook Live. And, and uh, to me, one of the biggest problems and one of the things that bothers me the most is that people do not 
uh, engage in these conversations. They sit back and they want to talk about everything else except for the important topic at hand. But I'm very grateful for my next guest. Uh, he is the pastor of Grace United Methodist Church. He is Dr. Martin McCain. And Dr. McCain, thank you for coming on Real Talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you were at the uh, press conference as well last Tuesday uh, that uh, Chief Davis had to talk about this. And, and, you know, she said, I remember a couple of things she said were, uh, you know, we should not be able to eat. We should not be able to sleep. We should not be able to rest, uh, you know, when, when situations um, like this occur. Of course, uh, you know as well as I do, we see tragedy every day in our city. Uh, some type of uh, situation or circumstance, and it always makes us uh, shake our head. It always uh, brings us sorrow, and it always makes us wonder, you know, what we can do uh, to to change things around. But uh, let me ask you: I know you were very close uh, to uh, Dr. Eason Williams uh, when you found out uh, that she was killed, and you found out the circumstances. What went through your mind? Well, I was um, stunned. Uh, first of all, just just the way it happened. Um, for anybody and it just even hits so closer at home when you know someone and when that person is basically my supervisor. Oh my. Uh, her, her position is as a district superintendent, um, she is assistant to the bishop over the pastor. So regardless of how many people, how many years I've been in service, she's still my um, immediate supervisor. So mm-hmm. um, and plus I knew her before she had that position. So I respect her. Um, as my as my superior, but also respect her just as a child of God and and as a person who I'd watch you know grow in in, in ministry and all the way from a lay person to an ordained ministry. And so I was stunned. I was hurt. Um, just couldn't believe it um, when when we got the call to the house not too long after she was pronounced dead um, before it even hit the news media. And so because another person. Um, who knew it, you know, close up on the situation. And it just kind of um, was just one of those things again. And how do we help it? And then it didn't help anymore when we found out the age of a person. Sure. And it was just kind of shocking to the fact that here's a person who spent her earlier portion of her ministry working with youth. Um, she uh, started out as a youth pastor in the youth annual conference. Uh, my daughter, that's how she got to know her well. And, and, you know, about 15, 20 years ago now, you can almost say, uh, when my daughter was a youth, uh, got to know her, working with the youth in our church, and that whole crew, they're out of college now and married and have their own families. Yeah. And so to see someone to put that kind of time in and a passion for youth, um, not only in our churches, but in our city, um, that, that, that was just a hard scenario for her life to succumb um, to some, some young people who, who, uh, who I believe know better but didn't do better. Exactly right behind that. Uh, There is a move uh, afoot by the district attorney's office to charge both of these uh, 15-year-olds as adults. What's your take on that? Say that again. I didn't hear you. I said said, there is a move afoot by the district attorney's office Mm -hmm. to charge both of these 15-year-olds as adults. I said, what is your take on that? I've struggled by that. I've been struggling with that. because if they're not trying as adults, then it's just wiped away and the seriousness of the crime is, um, is just, uh, it's not taken seriously by, by other younger people. And then young people can be abused by others to have them to do the crime because uh, their slate will be wiped clean 
when they become 18. So I struggle with that. Um, but And so for me, I'm leaning more toward they may need to be um, looked at uh, looked at as an adult, um, because if not, I don't think we're going to help them out in the long run. Hmm. That's a very interesting concept. I struggle a lot of, with that, though. I struggle with that because, well, or sometimes I just said they, depending on the seriousness of the crime, and but I don't think the key they should be um, the key should be t- thrown away on them because there may be some hope down the, down the road. I've seen it happen over the years. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, you know back and forth you know in terms of that if you if you lock him up if as a, you know charge him as an adult and he ends up going to prison, you know what is the redeeming you know factor in that for him, uh, mm-hmm. you know but if you put him in juvenile court you know by the time he's 18 he's out and you know then he's free to commit other crimes. Now this young man, from what I'm to understand, uh, had committed several carjackings in the past. Uh, so I mean you know he's been a habitual offender for some time now. Uh, so, and we lose sight of the fact that he is, as far as I'm concerned, he's a child. He's 15 years old. He's a teenager. He's a child. And, yeah. uh, but we seem to see, uh, Dr. McCain, we seem to see these days younger and younger young uh, st- kids uh, committing major felonies, including murder. I mean, we see it not only here, but all across the country. And, I, I mean, where does that come in your mind as a pastor and, you know, as a, church, as, as, as a shepherd, you know, of a church, what comes to your mind when you when you see that, when you hear that and know that? And what is the responsibility of the church in terms of all of this? Well, one of the things the church, our ministries, as I said, in in our services really long before this event take place, because we've seen others and some have been touched in our own congregation, mm-hmm. um, is that our ministry, the ones who we really need to meet, need, are, they're not sitting in our pews. Those aren't most of our youth sitting in our churches. And so we have to work with community organizations and really have a closer um, work with the schools so that we can work with them where they are, Um, not try to look through them, uh, help them just through coming through the doors of the church. uh, Like we trying to reach out to the the elementary school and the middle school right here, you know, right down the street from the church so that we can work with them. We had a program where we did do that before uh, work with uh, 12 boys out of uh, A. Maceo Walker and followed them all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and But we didn't keep it going. And something like that, I'm asking, can we find some people who got energy to work with them in middle school and in elementary school so that we can follow some through because they're not coming through our church doors. Right, right. So, you know, like you said, the church church is uh, far beyond the four walls of the building. The church is in the streets, in the communities uh, that we face. Now, when I talked to Reverend Kirkwood a few before you, uh, you know, he talked about that. He said, you know, we need to we need to we need to get in the streets. We need to get with these people back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. It took a village to raise a child, and a village just wasn't, you know, your nuclear family. It, it was, it was the neighborhood, you know, it was the community because they all had a vested interest in how these youngsters, you know, grew up. Uh, we lost that. We there's been a major disconnection in that uh, a long time ago from the way things were to the way things are. How do we get back to that, or can we get back to that? In your opinion? Well, we got, you know, so many people. We don't know our neighbors. Um, I can I grew up like just what you said. Um, all the neighbors, we, we knew all their names. They knew all our names. And as kids, we they knew when our parents got off of work and when they didn't. And so 
there was that community. Um, and right now in a lot of our communities, we don't know our neighbors. Um, I know the neighbors are in front of me and, and to our left because I, you know, because where I live, I'm right by the church, mm -hmm. but, um, but I don't know everyone in our community. And so, um, I did, but as people transition in and transition out, you don't always get to know your, your neighbors, but we're trying to do a better job of just getting to know our neighbors and, and encouraging people wherever you live, get to know your neighbors just in case there's an emergency or something. And so that you'll, you'll know them. And, and so what you're right, you're correct by saying that. And, but a lot of folks can't, can't name who lives down the street from them. I think maybe because a lot of folks are scared. They see what's going on. They, they, they watch the news. They get scared uh, to see what's happening, you know, because they don't want to get to know each other or say the wrong thing to the wrong person because they think that they could be, you know, a victim of, of crime. But, I mean, at some point, and I don't know what point that is, to be honest with you. That's why I'm talking with, with, with people who know a lot more than me. But at some point, you know, there has to be a, a, a revelation, a, 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 a light bulb on moment, something to say, you know what, we have we have come to a place where this is just too much. And if it's too much, you know, how do we how do we stop it? How do we stem it? How do we fix it? Um, are, are there any real answers to that? I think, well, where the churches come, churches, we can't compete with each other. We have to work together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key thing is for churches that we're not, we're not, there's, there's no competition between us. There ought not be any competition because the, um, the work is too great. The, the, the violence is too large. And so we have to work together as people of faith and to help our people in our communities to see that we got to spend more time in our communities, more time with um, parenting, helping people who, who don't do parenting well, we got to help them to become better parents. Mm -hmm. And, and so we got to do that beyond our uh, sign of sermon. The sermon's not gonna, it'll help on Sunday morning, but we gotta live that sermon out. And and for me, how do you just, you know, you go talk to families and I just have to spend a lot of time on phones, knock on doors and, um, and just see how kids are doing. And so like everybody's going back to school now. Yeah. Uh, parents, we have to get involved with our kids going to school. I did it as a, as a um, parent, I went to school and I told the teachers, here's my number, you can call me. And, um, but then I had the same expectations when my parents took me to school. Mm -hmm. You come here to learn, you act a fool, you want to pay the price. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew what the rules were in my home. And my dad only had to come to school one time in my 12 years of school. And I wouldn't let it come after that. After it came ninth grade, that was never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and it really, I think there's a universal theme here. Um, and I think the theme is, you know what, it does take a real, we all have to get involved because whether we, we have children or don't have children, all of our children are our children. And when we see children uh, dealing in situations like this, uh, this mm -hmm. tragic, um, you know, it really it really breaks your heart, uh, not only, you know, just as a just as a parent, but just as someone who lives in this community to see another life taken and also mm -hmm. another life. These 15 year olds, you know, whether they go to prison you know, or not, I mean, you know, what happens to them on the back end of this? So how do our young people really learn a lesson, I think, is, is, the, is the biggest uh, you know, question I think I have in all of this? Yeah, they just, we got help them be more sensitive that you committed a crime. You committed a crime. You took life. Um, you brought harm to a family, and um, and you brought you brought fear to a community. And so, 
we have to help that person to understand the seriousness of what happened because you had a weapon and and you used it and you brought bodily harm you brought death and so some people want you to pay for that but now we have to come back and see our civilized side how do we help this person um learn from this mistake and and be able to to uh, move forward even with the pain that they've left because they are so young that's very very true pastor dr martin mccain grace united methodist church thank you sir for taking some time out to talk about this very important topic i really appreciate you thank you so much thank you for having me all right very good. We're going to, uh, that was a very, very enlightening conversation. Uh, we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to shift gears and talk about this extremely hot weather. Uh, it's been a good show. This is uh, Real Talk Man for some Chip. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis Art Collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong at the Brooks. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday evening. Your humble host, Chip Washington, with you. Uh, The top story on every national newscast in this country is about the weather and how hot it is and how records are being shattered from coast to coast, from west coast to east coast. And that's all you hear about. Many records have been broken here in the little old city of Memphis, Tennessee, as well. So I wanted to talk to somebody who kind of handles all of this on a daily basis uh, as a weather expert. Uh, he is Eric Prosius. He is the founder of MemphisWeather.net. And Eric, thanks for coming on Real Talk. Good evening, Chip. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. A little hot, but I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah, we're all battling the same issue. Absolutely, we are. So uh, you, you you've been a meteorologist for a long time. This is what you do on a daily basis. Like I said, you founder. You're the founder of MemphisWeather.net. Uh, but 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 talk a little bit about you got to talk a little bit about what we've seen. We've seen really hot weather since May. And I mean, we've been shattering records. How often does this happen down here? Well, it's uh, it's not unusual to once in a while see a record broken for sure. You know, it's it's summer in Memphis and we all know that uh, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. But this year. 
we seem to be getting a little bit of both. Um, and so to see the uh, the types of weather, the, the strings of uh, records that have been broken, uh, the number of days above 100 degrees, I've yes. been tracking that as well. Yes. Um, it is it is pretty unusual. It's drawing some comparisons for those who have been in Memphis for quite a while to 1980. Uh, the summer of 80 is kind of the benchmark for heat um, here in the Memphis area. And I, I've done some looking at that to see kind of how we how we compare. That was the hottest, record, uh, hottest the summer on record, was it? It was the hottest summer on record. Yep. Um, and uh, that that it's sometimes it's you know you 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 have a recency bias and you tend to kind of forget um, well you know this this one seems to be hotter than all the others um, but but when I look back at 1980 it was pretty astounding to actually see what that summer looked like we had 33 days in the in the summer of 1980 that got to 100 degrees or higher hmm. um, so it was it was way up there but I'll tell you what it is only July 25th and we've already just today hit 100 for the 16th day so we are halfway there. I'm not predicting we're going to get there. I certainly hope we're not. Gosh. Um, but we're in the top three now from that perspective. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's, it's really bad. And you, you say it's not the humid, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, it, it's both, as you said, too, in, in, in this particular case. Some days, like today, it hit 100, and, and the, heat index, the heat index was about, what, close to 110, 19, 110, maybe even higher than right. that. You spend a lot of time, too, talking about uh, – the tips to keep folks safe. Again, we we don't see this type of extreme heat often, as you stated. But but uh, when we do, uh, how critical is it for us to pay attention and know that uh, you don't have to be outside long to be adversely affected by the heat? Oh, that's absolutely true. And and you know the Memphians tend to um, just kind of you know well, oh safety tips for heat. This is just summer in Memphis. You know we deal with this all this all the time. But um, really what the hardest part of dealing with a heat wave like this is not necessarily how hot it gets in the afternoon, but when we do not get relief at night, when we don't drop below 80 degrees at night, um, the air conditioners are working overtime. There are a lot of folks out there that do not have uh, the ability to crank that thing down to 68 and just leave it there and be able to pay the bill at the end of the month. And, True. True. Um, so uh, you really do, you know, the, the heat safety tips that, you know, tends to, you know, when I'm, when I'm putting those out, it's sometimes I just wonder if anybody is actually paying attention, but um, heat exhaustion and heat stress are a real thing. The hospitals are dealing with it. Um, and it's it's one of the top killers from a weather perspective nationwide is the heat. I read uh, somewhere over the weekend, I guess it was maybe a nationwide thing, that four people died and it was directly related to the heat wherever it was that they are in this country. And 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 so, you know, you know again, I've I've had heat um I've had heat exhaustion and I know what that's all about and I mean, I got pretty sick behind that. Uh and it didn't take long um you know from being out in the weather to coming in and the symptoms starting to happen. But besides being hydrated, what do you what what, what else do you tell people about uh being safe in this type of heat? Well, you really just need to listen to your body. You know, if it if you think, well, I'm just going to push a little bit harder, a little bit longer. I'm doing outdoor strenuous activities. That's when it really starts to take its toll. So um, you need to provide yourself those breaks. Even if you do have things to do outside, you know, every hour, take 15 minutes or so and just get into some cool air. Make sure that you're staying hydrated. Um, and remember that it's not just uh, about you as well. You may be able to tolerate it, but there are others that can't. If you've got friends, family, um, or maybe it's elderly relatives or something that uh, that need to be checked on. Just make sure you're doing that. We need to all be taking care of each other. We're taking care of our pets. We need to have you know water out for them, some shade, let them inside for a little bit, um, because uh, it doesn't just take us its toll on uh, on us human beings either. Uh, 
Absolutely that. Yeah, we have a dog, and, you know, we understand that they, 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 they can't tolerate too much heat. And, of course, you know, for walking them, walk them when the sun is down, and, you know, the ground is a slight bit cooler. Um, Eric, uh, you can find his uh, information, and I've, I've checked out his site. It's, it's very good. If you want everything you want to know about Memphis weather but were afraid to ask, uh, go to memphisweather.net because I'm telling you, my man has put something together, really a good information for all of us to be able to take. And Eric, uh, I really want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. And uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, now I am a new fan of memphisweather.net. I tell you that for <laughs> for, for a fact. I, I appreciate that too. And and those stupid questions can be asked to us on Twitter or Facebook. We're not going to put you down for asking them. So. Uh, we are Memphis Weather One on Facebook and Twitter. We're uh, starting some YouTube videos, and uh, we'll be all over social media. Excellent, Eric Process. Thank you so much for coming on Real Talk tonight. Thank you, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, we have had a really, really good show tonight, and uh, I, I, I have to say, uh, as uh, we we get played out here, Marvin, play us out uh, last minute or so of the show. Uh, that uh, I really, 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 really. Uh, thank any of you are who are paying attention tonight because uh, this this uh, conversation that we had uh, in reference to the violence in our city uh, has been on my mind uh, for quite some time disappointed uh, not to see more faces on facebook live but i hope uh, that you either listen to this broadcast or you check out the podcast the podcast will come out tomorrow uh, you can also go to wyxr.org and uh, hear the show uh, anytime just hit the podcast tab and listen it's not about me, and it's not about you know individuals. It's about all of us collectively understanding that uh, things that happen like they happened last week affect us all on certain levels. Uh, for the um, the family of uh, Dr. Eason Williams, she leaves behind a husband and four children, and uh, a lot of sadness and grief for those who knew her. Uh, but. Uh, uh, someone is grieving every time a person is shot and killed in this town. And we need to learn how to remember that and take that to our hearts and understand it's not about me, it's about we. Uh, so as I leave here, if the Lord says so, we'll be back next week, same time, same station. Uh, for all of us here, for Marvin, for Nicole, for uh, Lola, I'm Chip, and I'm out. And listen, please be careful of your surroundings. Check on people. Care for people. Love people. We'll see you next week.